You are listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I am your host, Celine Yeager. Each week, I bring you advice from athletes, scientists, researchers, and other experts to help you feel and perform your best, no matter what your hormones are doing. This show is a production of Live Feisty Media. Hello, strong, feisty women. Today, I have a topic brought to you by popular demand, regenerative medicine, which includes orthobiologics, platelet-rich plasma or PRP therapy, stem cells, and a variety of procedures that are used to heal damaged tissues, especially in the joints, to keep people moving. This area of medicine is very confusing um, because it's filled with jargon and acronyms and promises that aren't always backed up by a ton of research. But it can be a godsend for women who have been sent to the sidelines with Achilles tendonitis, plantar fasciitis, tennis elbow, frozen shoulder, and all the orthopedic ailments that can come our way, especially as we go through the menopause transition and the hormonal changes that it brings. To cut through the confusion, I wanted to bring in a trusted source who has been in this field a long time, works with active menopausal women, and is able to explain these procedures in plain language. So I called up previous guest, Dr. Vonda Wright. Vonda is a double board certified orthopedic surgeon, internationally recognized researcher, and elite team doctor. She is focused on optimizing personal and professional performance at every age. Her pioneering research in mobility and musculoskeletal aging is changing the way we view and treat the aging process, and her passion for advancing her field is evident in her expertise, including this work in cutting-edge orthobiologics that includes PRP for arthritis. She did a brilliant job of explaining how all this stuff works, and I hope you enjoy this one as much as I did. Speaking of Vonda, I've been in many conversations with Vonda over the past two years since I had her on the show the first time, and she has recently opened up a practice at a state-of-the-art Houston orthopedic facility in Lake Nona, Florida, and she has offered to host a small retreat with us, sort of like a spa vacation, but with heavy weights and movement scans and educational sessions, and after many months of conversation with her, we're going to go for it. So this February, the weekend of the 24th through the 26th, we'll be offering the first ever Feisty Menopause Performance Retreat. The retreat will include two nights at Lake Nona Wave Hotel, a Dari motion analysis, private strength and conditioning sessions, educational sessions, and a private menopause DECA event, which is a fun, non-competitive, hands-on training and performance session pretty much all day on Sunday. This is our first time doing anything like this, so we're keeping it small. Space is limited to about 20 or 25 participants, and if you like the idea of a spa vacation of a very different variety, this is definitely for you. You can check that out at feistymenopause.com. I'll put a clickable link in the show notes. All right, before we get to it, I want to give a huge, huge thank you to everyone who voted for the podcast in the Outdoor Media Summit Awards. Hit Play, Not Pause won the best podcast for 2021, and I got to spend a couple of days in Lake Tahoe telling everyone who would listen how awesome active menopausal women are. So thank you. 
Quick reminder that on December 3rd, we are having our Hip Play Not Pause virtual summit that includes talks on hormone therapy, injury prevention, intuitive eating, pelvic health, and more. Tickets are only 20 bucks. You can watch the replays anytime. So head on over and buy your tickets at feistymenopause.com right now. I will put a link to the show notes for that as well. As always, I invite you to follow us on Feisty Menopause on Instagram and Facebook. Sign up for my weekly blog at feistymenopause.com and continue sharing the show with your friends and on your socials. We are still growing two years into this thing and I am stoked. Quick thanks to Bonafide for their continued support of the show. I saw so many vaginal moisturizing products while walking the exhibit hall at NAM's annual meeting. And I've got to say they are among the best. I appreciate them for keeping me comfy on long rides on my bicycle. And I just want to say thanks. Okay. Enough of me. Let's have a few words about our awesome sponsors and get on with the show. All right, Vonda, welcome back. I'm so psyched to be here. I am very excited to have you back on because this is definitely an issue that has come up in our membership and it's come up on online. And I see all this information about you know, these shots and these injections and stem cells and PRP. And I'm just like, I I pride myself in being pretty good about diving in and figuring stuff out, but it all still, I have to be honest, it leaves me a little, I can't quite tease out, you know, what's the most promising and what's maybe over-promising. Let's say that. Well, you know what, when someone who has been deep in the medical literature like you have cannot tease out a clear answer it's not because you haven't looked hard enough. It's because we are still doing the trials mm. that will give you a definitive answer. Now, orthobiologics or biologics or platelets, stem cells, a variety of alternative things um, fall into a category that could be described as just because you can doesn't mean you should. Mm. So, right. So these things reached market uh, a long time before the evidence to support them um, is clear. And so now I would say for several categories, the evidence is more clear and we can talk about what I give to my patients and why I do it. And I am not the end all be all, but I have been practicing orthopedics for a very long time and did have my own stem cell lab. So I have a really vested opinion of how powerful our body is. But the reason you can't pick it out, figure it out, my dear, is because the evidence is still being accumulated. That makes me feel better. Thank yes. you. Yes. <laughs> so, so let's let's define. You know, I've done a bit in my intro about this, but I'd like to hear you define what orthobiologics actually are. So when I talk to lay people about the options for treatment, I talk about the tremendous power of the body to heal itself. Listen, just because we haven't figured it out doesn't mean that from the time our bodies were whole humans, that when you get hurt, the blood cells don't rush to the site where you cl you plug up the hole with platelets. Platelets are not just bricks in a dam, right? Platelets are little vacuoles filled with all the growth factors your body needs, right? So inflammation, which we hear so much about and try to do our best to stave off is actually a very natural process that we need. What we don't need is too much. Our bodies 
work in a state of what we call homeostasis. It's like the three bears. We don't want too little. We don't want too much. We just want enough. And over the eons, our bodies have become pretty good at it, right? And so that's what we're trying to figure out. How can we harness the body's secret knowledge to heal itself? So when I say orthobiologics, or some people would say regenerative medicine, I mean, and, and the word you use, and, and we can talk about this a little bit, um, is important because lots of the stuff that's being done isn't particularly legal and the FDA is really shut down uh, on, on a lot of people who have just thrown up a shingle and said, Oh, I'm doing regenerative medicine without any formal training just because they want to. And that is not to deprive the public of something that could help them. That is to keep them safe because, you know, we don't have to get to this net, get to this now, but there are downsides to putting a bunch of stuff in a microenvironment that we don't understand. Right. Right. No, that's, that is a, that's a really, really good point. That is a really good point. So let's maybe now is a good time to dive into what some of these specific procedures are and what they look like. Um, You know, I know the ones, let's talk about the ones that I know that you perform yourself. So you um, perform pressurized saline, like a 10 jet. What is that specifically? Yeah, and I, let's go down each one. And uh, there's uh, there's one not on my website that I have come to do, and I'll tell you why. But let's start with what are the components of a biologic healing system? So that as we do all of these, we can evaluate, does this have all three? Does it have one or two? What is this about? So to in a biologic system, we need at least three factors to, to heal, whether you know, to stimulate a healing response. We need cells, right? Usually from our own bodies, our chemo attracted uh, to the site of injury. We need cells. Mm -hmm. We need a scaffold. Cells, A, don't jump. And they're cells. They need something to grow into, which is a scaffold. They need a place to live. They're little tender flowers. They need a, a fertile ground. Cells, scaffold, and growth factors. Cells are stimulated to act by their microenvironment and what they're fed by, right? So as, as your audience is becoming more knowledgeable about this, they'll be able to categorize, oh, this is only cells. Where are the scaffold? Where's the growth factors? Oh, this is all three in one. And right. Yeah, because we have clinically applicable things that we use in trauma that are all three, right? So- and we can talk a little bit about that. So I just wanted people to have that back. I love that. I love that. That that helps me even inform my own thinking on this. Yeah, go ahead. So 10X is a procedure that uh, is listed under orthobiologics. But what it really does is clean up the microenvironment so your own body, cells, stem cells, and scaffold can work in its optimum, um, in its optimum environment. Because... When we're hurt, let's say, I mean, 10X has done a lot for Achilles tendon and for and for a tennis elbow and tendinous type injuries. Every time you work past capacity and a tendon becomes injured, we call it little micro tears, the body works hard to heal it. Now, the truth of the matter is it does not heal it in the perfect 
tenonous construction that we were born with. Because if you want to put it in a little funny analogy way, our body doesn't know whether we're living in modern society with your headphones on or me sitting in my new office in Orlando or whether we're in a cave somewhere having been chased by saber-toothed tiger. All it knows is that it's injured and it's got to heal fast. The fastest way to heal is to lay a big piece of scar over something. It's like when you have gorgeous new asphalt on a road and then you get a pothole on it. The best way to heal is to take it all up, put all the layers of asphalt down, but that takes a while. The fastest way to get back on a on a drivable surface is to put some all that gravelly cold patch on there that we go kunk over, right? Yep. yep. Body the same way. We have an injury. We want to patch it quick, patch it with some fibrotic tissue so that it holds together. Fibrotic tissue can hold something together, but it's not optimal, right? It does not produce the same kind of cytokines in the microenvironment. It is not as strong as the original tissue, but it gets us by. So when you accumulate too much of that fibrotic tissue in a microenvironment, your tendons are not going to glide. They're not going to stretch. They're not as pliable. They're, they, they're brittle, so they're, you know, they break off and there's all this debris in the microenvironment. So what 10X does is in a, using ultrasound, using saline under pressure, it just cleans it out so that your own tissue can't be, is not contaminated by the cytokines, the fibrotic fibrosis uh, type of cytokines that are there, that the microenvironment is cleaned up, that it can function better. So sometimes 10X is done and then you add PRP to the microenvironment to stimulate a healing response. There and that's when it becomes orthobiologics. Clean it up and then stimulate a healing response, right? So the orthobiologic I use the most in my clinic is called platelet-enriched plasma. So here's another science lesson for, for, for those of you that, um, I don't know if anybody's really interested, but I think it's pretty cool. I am. <laughs> so you know, when, when we cut ourselves and blood comes out and we just see it's it's red and viscous. What we don't realize is that it's just red because we have the most red blood cells and and the the heme molecules uh, make it red. But what's also in there is our platelets, this little sacs filled with all the growth factors our body makes to stimulate an immediate healing response. So platelets, blood is red blood cells. It is white blood cells, several kinds of it. And it's all circulating together in plasma, which is like the the growth fluid that it's not only transportation fluid, but it contains a lot of proteins that our bodies need. Uh, that's the very basic uh, constitution of blood. So when we say platelet enriched plasma, what it means is that we are uh, specifically selecting the platelets out of the blood. So I did this this morning. Um, I can send you some pictures. It's pretty cool. If you, if when you're thinking about this, yeah. So I draw off whole blood out of your arm. You know, I love people like you have in your audience who have, who work out a lot. They've got these great veins. So even an orthopedic surgeon can, can draw out of those veins. I draw 60 cc's, which is two shot glasses. If you want to visualize how much blood that is 
for one dose of PRP. So we take the whole blood, remember all the constituents of it, we put it into a special centrifuge. Now all the parts of blood weigh different things. So if I spin it around, it settles out by weight and we can specifically draw off anything we want. All the white blood cells go one place, the red blood cells go another place and the platelet layer is drawn off. Now, there are so many systems that process platelets. The system I use is very common, but there are multiple. So the first thing that makes it difficult to sort out the literature is what are the, what are we even, what is this platelet product? Who made it? How many platelets does it have in it? Is it platelets with white blood cells or platelets without? Because they work different ways, right? So you've got to be really specific. So when in my clinic, when I use platelet enriched plasma, taking 60 cc's of whole blood for every a dose, my goal of platelet concentration, I want 5 billion platelets. We know from several studies and some of the gurus in this, like Don Buford, who's out of Texas, who you know jumped on this bandwagon really early, about 10 years ago, 5 billion platelets is about what we need to stimulate a healing response in a microenvironment. So that's what I'm aiming for. So we've drawn the blood, we've spun off the platelets, we know that we have 5 billion, and then what do we do with them, right? Well, platelets has good, re has good randomized control studies, and, and for those of you who don't read a lot of literature, randomized control studies is level one data, meaning we take two groups of people, somebody's going to get the intervention, somebody's going to get a placebo, the doctor doesn't know, the patient doesn't know. Um, and we, and we set this all up ahead of time with our statistician, and half gets the treatment and half doesn't. And from that, we are capable of telling, is there really an effect, right? So there are some good randomized trials of PRP, and it's the best we can do. And what we have found is that platelet-enriched plasma, when you get the proper dose of platelets, has a positive effect on osteoarthritis. Six months to two years of, of decreased pain, decreased inflammation. And I'll tell you why. And it's not because it rebuilds cartilage. But, but it can get you out of pain and get you increased function as measured by several of our standard uh, measurement tools. So arthritis number one, number two, tendon, number three, ligament. Those are the three tissues, all musculoskeletal tissues, which have been found in randomized trials to be uh, positively affected by platelet-enriched plasma. Okay, does that make sense? Yep, yep. Here's the bad news. <laughs> it is not paid for by insurance. Mm. So it is an investment. And so when I have someone who's coming in with, you know, chronic tendon pain or arthritis, uh, I try a lot of things first. I still try to get them strong as the bull. We try uh, topical and oral anti-inflammatories. Um, and I'm happy to tell you what of those I love if you want to know. Um, we try dietary changes. You know, we know that some of the food we eat is highly inflammatory. And some is anti-inflammatory, right? So I try all those things. Sometimes 
not often because I really don't like this modality. I try steroid injections because it doesn't heal anything. It just quiets it, quiets it down. So if somebody's in screaming pain, I may try that, particularly in arthritis, but not often. I would rather go to creating a healing environment than just squelching the, the uh, fire that's going on, right? So, mm-hmm. and then when we cannot get people past the functional deficits or the pain with those things, then I offer PRP. Now, the question is, why don't I offer it first? Well, not because I don't believe it works. It's because $600 is a lot of money for most people to spend for one injection. And I am conscious of that. And so I, I want to be reasonable. The reason orthobiologics or regenerative, regenerative medicine has took off the way it did, and you have every Tom, Dick, and Harry putting up a shingle and offering it, whether they're qualified, have an actual degree, or have read any of the literature or not, is because it's lucrative. Some of the stem cell products, which we can get into, costs five to $10,000 an injection and have plus minus research, right? So listen, people, I believe our bodies are capable of healing themselves. I do. But I also think we have a responsibility to not charge somebody $10,000 on a hope and a prayer. I have, I, yes. Amen. I, I have, before we, before we proceed, I do have some, like, I want to clear up some of what you just talked about because it was all amazing. So how many, let's, let's start with sort of we, in our past podcast, which I will direct people to, you spent quite a bit of time talking about diet. So I don't want to go too far down those, those loads, but I mean, like cutting out a lot of the added sugar and all, you know, refined food seems to be like, if you had a top level thing that we can just say here, that is one of them, right? I'd yeah. rather you take your carbs because I'm not saying being anti-carb, you're athletes by and large, you need carbs, but let's do it as, unless you're in a race and you just need a shot of something, right? Right. right. There's a different, I'd rather your day-to-day carbs be fiber. Yes. Oh yeah. Fiber and carbs, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, the longevity people eat purple sweet potatoes, you know, whatever, right? Versus simple hugely inflammatory sugar. Sorry, guys, I'm a cookie person myself. But if you don't want to be in pain, that's what I suggest. Yes. Yes. And then what are the you mentioned just, you know, the anti anti inflammatories that you might go to on that next tier? What is what are those? Yeah, can I add one more nutrition thing? Yeah, do it. You will never heal unless you're eating enough protein. Could you please Eat enough protein. So the RDA recommendations of 0.8 grams per kilogram may sustain you at some kind of basal metabolic rate level. But if you are breaking down your tissues, you are trying to build lean muscle mass, that is not enough, people. You need 1.5 to 2. But what you probably really need is to get, if you're really, really injured all the time, trying to build some lean muscle, invest and a nutritionist, even if it's for one session, right? You cannot guess about these things. And then if you want to estimate how much protein you're getting in your daily diet, there's tons of apps. You do not have to do this blind. You know, I use my macros plus it's just because it's easy for me. And I, because it's not easy to get enough protein to heal yourself, right? What is a chicken, a piece of chicken, nine or 10 grams or an egg is nine grams. It's a lot to get up to the, so anyway, I'm going on a tirade, but 
uh, you need enough protein to heal and you need to anti-inflame by cutting out simple carbs and, and getting your carbs as more fiber unless you're in a race. And then, and then I love, I don't love, that's a, I'm, that's hyperbole. I recommend things like turmeric, turmeric, thousand milligrams. Um, I do recommend for my patients, uh, anti-inflammatory such as the ibuprofen category. There's a lot in that category. They're COX-1 uh, inhibitors. COX is a pain receptor and inflammation receptor. Uh, there's a lot in that category. And then there are a lot of topical things. I mean, right now you can get topical lidocaine, you can get topical anti-inflammatory. I happen to use a product uh, by a company named Proze, P-R-O-Z-E, which is a formulated, a very natural formulator, but adds um, uh, CBD in. And so, and I, you know what, gosh, Selena, hey, I hate to say this out loud to your crowd, but I'm old enough that I bent over and threw out my back and the topical anti-inflammatories did really well for me, right? So I like them too. All, yeah. Those are all things you can use. So then going to the, the, the PRPs, the, the, you know, the therapy that we're talking about, how, what does that look like? Like how many injections does um, somebody typically need? And you mentioned that they work, but not in the way maybe some people think. So it would be nice to hear like why they do work. So uh, PRP has been found to contain a boatload of growth factors and we haven't worked out all the mechanisms yet. I mean, we've just characterized, oh, look at all this stuff being dumped out of these platelets. We have worked out that you need about 5 billion. Um, we know we've characterized the, the names of the growth factors. But the reason I said that is because there are lots of people advertising that if you put a biologic in the knee, for instance, for arthritis, that you will regrow your cartilage layer. I want somebody to prove that to me. Show me cartilage matrix, little cartilage cells live in this dense matrix. It's a very complex tissue. There has been no proof that dumping a bunch of uh, autologous or even external uh, orthobiologics into knee arthritis regrows cartilage. But what does it do? Well, it decreases pain. It can soothe the inflammation. Some of those growth factors are probably amazing on the synovium, which is the lining of the knee, right? And there are probably many mechanisms that we have not worked out yet. But we, what we have worked out in randomized trials is that it can increase function and decrease pain, right? So I just wanted to be clear that anybody claiming that injecting something into the knee is regrowing a cartilage layer and showing you some goofy x-rays in an airplane magazine, um, I'm really skeptical about that. Fair, totally fair. So I have heard some people um, use language like, PRP can help promote joint stability as opposed to laxity. Uh, is there is there something in there that makes that hits your ears making scientific sense? I am not aware and I I get pinged about most of these articles just so you know how you can set that up. I am not aware of a body of research that shows that PRP will tighten 
ligamentously lax people or or counteract the effect of estrogen as it makes you more lax during a per- certain time in your cycle. I that would be amazing, but I've not ever read it. Okay. That is I have not either. I just wanted to get your take on that. Um I maybe would also mean, I'm sorry. Maybe yeah, what no. they mean is they're out of enough pain that they can actually get their quads to fire instead of being turned off, which happens with knee pain. If we're talking about any joint that's in pain will turn off the muscle. The brain will turn off the muscles above and below. So you just don't sit there and hurt yourself. So I don't know. Maybe what they mean is they got PRP. They're out of pain. They can actually build in hypertrophy their quads. They feel more stable. That's not causality. That's coincidence, right? Yeah. Correlation. Correlation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was struggling for that word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I would also like to address, you had, you had sort of mentioned the stem cell issue because that, that gets woven in here too. And, you know, I dove into the lay and the medical press around this and whew, there's like, there's so much conflict. And controversies surrounding stem cell therapeutics. There are some clinics that use autologous um, stem cells. Yes, thank you. (laughs) That's not coming off my tongue. Um, Taking cells from bone marrow or subcutaneous fat even and processing it and putting it in the joints and then adding the platelet-rich plasma. So, yeah. So what, where are we with stem cells? Well, let's go back to basics again, right? We talk about blood. So what is a stem cell is a, I'm air quoting, pluripotent cell, meaning this one cell can become any tissue with proper stimulation and the microenvironment, right? A stem cell is just a cell. What do we need to have build a tissue or a healing response? We need a matrix, a scaffold or a matrix. And we need a stimulator, like a growth factor, right? Cells themselves will just sit there and do their little cell thing. So pluripotent stem cells under the right conditions can become many different tissues. So the, the stem cells we have when we have an egg and a sperm and we get two cells and then we get a billion cells, that level stem cells truly can become anything. But once we're differentiated into adults, you know, there are muscle-derived stem cells, there's adipose stem cells, there's stem cells from almost every lineage. And so the first question is, where did it come from and what are what are they putting back into me, right? So when you just get offered a stem cell product, what is it, where did it come from, and is it alive? right? Because stem cells are fragile. They don't live as a lysolate. You can't freeze them or dry them and put them in a jar and take them out and reconstitute them and shoot them into your face. They're dead. They're dead, right? Prove to me they're alive and I will retract this. They're dead. Stem cells are very fragile, even in a laboratory situation. So what is that? So in my lab, I worked with a scientist named Johnny Huard. We worked on muscle-derived stem cells, which we found them in muscle, which we actually found later that they were from the lining of of, uh, veins, from the endothelium, endothelial stem cells. But they could, under proper stimulation, become bone, they could become fat, they could become cartilage. So 
just just ask the questions. What are they? So the two common types right now, uh, one has FDA approval, one is used all the time, uh, are something called BMAC, bone marrow, aspirate, or concentrate, and lipid matrix. So the, the current rules are that you cannot manipulate stem cells. You can't take them off, do a bunch of stuff. You can't grow them and put them back in somebody. You can take a, a tissue that contains them like fat or bone marrow, and you can purify it during a simple process, minimal manipulation, and put it back. That's it. That is it. And the FDA has really been... Um, uh, coming down on places who make a lot of false claims, charge a ton of money, uh, whether they're clinical doctors or not. So BMAC, bone marrow aspirate, is taken from the pelvis or the long bones where they're made. It's a whole tissue. It's not just stem cells. It's the blood that surrounds the stem cells. It's to a very small extent scaffold the the environment that has been found to be effective for the treatment of arthritis when you take it out and inject it and uh, concentrate it and put it into the joint it's also very helpful in the trauma situation if you have a big broken bone the trauma docs will take out bone marrow so and add it to the healing milieu to boost healing the other more mo common stem cell supply is lipid matrix. And I do do that. I just haven't added it to my website yet. So it's fat stem cells, adipose stem cells are actually in some studies more powerful than the bone marrow. Um, and so it's a little bit like liposuction. You numb up the flank, you use a needle to extract a certain amount of fat in its matrix. It's everything. It's the adipose cells. It's the microenvironment. It's the liquid that's uh, contained around fat. And then you purify it to take out the big fibrous pieces. And that is injected either into the joint for arthritis. It can be used for a rotator cuff for small tendons like tennis elbow. And that procedure called lipogems has just received FDA approval. So it's gone through the hard work of doing some studies. So PRP, 5 billion cells, BMAC, bone marrow, aspirate, or concentrate, and a lipid matrix, not lipid stem cells, because remember, we're not just injecting stem cells, we're injecting the whole microenvironment, lipid matrix, which is FDA approved, are the ones that I use. Because I'm a really evidence-based person, I never want to I want to exclude as much possibility as hurting someone and, um, and to be, and you know, God, we'd all like more money, but to be driven by just charging people thousands and thousands of dollars without a safety net is, I just don't choose to practice that way. But these are all things that your audience needs to feel comfortable asking someone if they're getting the suggestion of using any of these biologics, where does it come from? What are we doing about the scaffold? What are we doing about the growth factors? Um, is it safe? Is there any data? You know, there were some studies on amniotic tissue, both amniotic stem cells and amniotic matrix that 
uh, have been shut down by the FDA because the data just wasn't ready yet. So do I think, hear me clearly, people, do I think the body has power to heal itself? Yes, I do. I have my own stem cell lab. I believe it. I was a hematology nurse before I was an orthopedic surgeon. I believe it. Do I think we're ready in all cases? No. Do I think we're getting there? Yeah. Even in the last seven years of my career, we've made these strides in the three tissues that I've talked to you about today. But, you know, if it just seems too good to be true, then take a step back because we don't want you to be sold on a hope and a prayer. Because listen, I'm going to tell you clearly that in our laboratories, when we're doing experiments on animals, sometimes stem cells get out of control because they don't have the right stimulation. They're not in the right microenvironment. They have a genetic alteration. And do you know what that's called, Celine? Cancer. That's called cancer. Yeah. No, it's very important. Very, very important to make that distinction. Um, and thank you for all that. I, While you were talking, and I might have missed it, so this is for my own clarification. When you're talking about PRP, going back to that, you know, that level, what what is providing the scaffolding with in that? What is causing the, the scaffolding? What is providing the scaffolding? And when you, like you said, you need these three, you know, these elements. So if I put PRP into and around the Achilles tendon, the Achilles mm -hmm. itself is the scaffold. Okay, that's what I assumed, but I just wanted to make sure that that was what was happening. Gotcha. That is what happening. Mm -hmm. And how many injections does it, is there any sort of range that is typical? Yeah, so you, we usually give the ranges one to three. Uh, typical, the typical protocol is uh, one a week. And for two weeks, all this time, we don't go out and, and re-injure ourselves, right? I tell people, you can do activities of daily living. We're not going to do any hard workouts. We're not going to push these four tendons that we're trying to elicit a healing response from. And then two weeks after the last injection, and then we can start working back hard again. So it's a process. It takes time. And some people find PRP injections painful, and that is has to do with how many red blood cells uh, end up in in the in the sample. We want a very pure, just platelet sample. Sometimes a little bit of red blood cells come out, and that's painful. So sometimes I give PRP after I anesthetize wherever I'm giving it, like the hip. I gave it the other day and the glute tendons. People have tons of glute tendinosis, terrible problem. I'd numb it up first and then give it. So one to three, one week apart, and then we rest the joint for a period of time or rest the tissue for a period of time and then start working back with great therapy. But here's the thing I'd like them to also remember. You just didn't get, unless it was a traumatic accident, you didn't get hurt de novo. While we're doing, when we're coming back, we need to figure out if we haven't figured out before what the kinetic chain problem is that caused this injury in the first place. Because we, you and I may have talked about this. Our, our, our bodies work from our big toe to our spines and even up to our shoulders, one chain link at a time. And when one is off, it creates problems above and below and all kinds of injuries. And, and, and we just got to figure that out. Otherwise, you'll be hurt again. Amen. Amen. Like we, we've all experienced that. 
For decades, running shoes have been researched, tested, and designed for men. Brands have relied on the shrink it and pink it approach to sell male shoes to female customers. That's why we are stoked to be working with Hedda's. Hedda's designs athletic footwear for women that elevates performance, safety, and style. Hedda's has unlocked the science behind women's biomechanics through dedicated research and creates better shoes for women's performance. Some of Hedda's special features include a lower ankle collar to reduce rubbing on women's ankle bones, a breathable mesh toe box to allow for ventilation and accommodate female toe shape, a more narrow and reductive heel cup to reduce heel slippage and take pressure off the Achilles, a rounded instep that creates a snug fit through the middle to match the curvature of a woman's foot, and supercritical foam and a PBEX plate in the midsole to keep our legs going when the going gets tough. Hedda's has three shoe models designed for different sessions, the Alma Cruise for your long runs, the Alma Tempo for training days, and the Alma Speed for pushing the pace. I've been running in the Alma Tempos, and they are a pleasure to train in. You can get your own pair of Hedda's at Hedda's.com and use the code FEISTY20, that's all caps, FEISTY20, for 20% off. Check it out today. We'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap. Musculoskeletal health is everything during menopause. Everyone knows how much I love Joint Health Plus from Prevenex, which has helped me get back to distance running after arthritic toes stopped me in my tracks. Now they have a product that has become my go-to for muscle strength and recovery, Muscle Health Plus. Muscle Health Plus contains all the key ingredients we talk about on this show, like creatine monohydrate, essential amino acids, and branched-chain amino acids, Plus, even more cutting-edge ingredients like HMB and estrogen that are scientifically shown to increase muscle growth, recovery, and strength. I use it every day during my early morning lifting sessions, and there's no question that it helps my power during those workouts and my recovery after. Plus, I love having everything I need from the best high-quality ingredients in one reasonably priced shake. I've also heard from fellow users who have had bloating or GI upset in the past from creatine that haven't had any of that with Muscle Health Plus. I make my shake with almond milk and espresso, but it's also good with ice cold water, which makes the flavor really pop. As always, you can get 15% off your first order with the code HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Previnex.com. That's HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Previnex.com. Do your muscles a favor and head on over and get some today. Good sleep. The one thing that sets you up for a great workout and a good day is quality sleep. We talk about it all the time here on the show, which is why I'm stoked to have Lagoon Sleep as a new sponsor. Because one of the most overlooked tools in a great sleep toolbox is the thing you literally rest your head on eight hours a night, your pillow. A quality pillow is everything. Otherwise, you end up tossing, turning, punching, and folding your pillow, waking up with neck pain, and all the stuff that happens when your pillow doesn't meet your personal comfort needs. Say hello to the most comfortable sleep you've ever had with Lagoon. They start you out with a two-minute personalized pillow quiz and then pair you with your perfect pillow. I got the Otter, a cooling adjustable pillow that is perfect for side sleepers who run warm at night like I do. It is a dream. It's fully adjustable, so I was able to get the perfect loft and support, and the cooling feature is everything. As someone who turned into a furnace every evening before menopause, I appreciate that the Otter is stuffed, with shredded gel-infused memory foam, which instead of trapping heat from my neck and head, draws it away and dissipates it. It's truly delightful. I'm a good sleeper, and Otter's taken it to the next level with both support and cooling. Put my head down, good night, Irene. 
My aura ring confirms what little tossing and turning I was doing is gone. The beauty of the pillow quiz is you can get the perfect pillow that you need to and make your sleep the best sleep you can have. Go to lagoonsleep.com slash hit play and take the two minute quiz to find your perfect match and then use the code hit play all caps one word for 15% off your first purchase. Sweet dreams. And, and speaking of the chain and the shoulders, like this is a little off topic, but because you're here and you're so um, immersed in all of this as an orthopedist, I would love to talk a little bit about shoulders because they don't come up a lot when you look at a lot of these things. You know, people talk about the lower body joints a lot. You know, you hear your knees and you hear your hips. And in this demographic, I have heard quite a bit about shoulder and frozen shoulder seems to be this thing. So are all, it's all... You know, and women seem to be more prone to such things as frozen shoulder. Do all these, it's a very simple question, but do they work with the shoulder too? Or is the shoulder a different animal? No, they work. They work on rotator cuff tendinosis. They work on frank rotator cuff tears. We will often augment a rotator cuff repair with PRP or BMAC to create a healing environment. Because remember, a rotator cuff tendon has a very poor blood supply on its own. So we're trying to do everything we can. Because listen, if everything had a great blood supply, we would need to augment anything. Blood is life, right? But ligaments by your structure are very poorly vascularized. So yes, these all work for the shoulder. I One of the reasons women get a lot of frozen shoulder, um, probably, although there's not a lot of great, uh, there's not a lot of great, papers on this too although it's such an interest to my I just I'm this is what I'm currently reading right now it's the the effect of estrogen on tendon and ligament metabolism but I have to think that there's a role of sex hormones on the fibrotic tissue in our shoulders anytime you get hurt or you lean too hard on your shoulders they're not weight-bearing joints it, it causes an inflammatory response the shoulder is highly sensitive to inflammation it just contracts the capsule the inner skin and you end up you know, oh, my shoulder hurts. And one week later, you can't raise your arm above your, right? So it can happen like that. It happens, I think, you know, there's got to be a role of estrogen, but also the shoulder tissue is highly sensitive to sugar. So if we are borderline diabetic or frankly diabetic, or we don't even know what our blood sugar is, the shoulders becoming so uh, frozen in that microenvironment such that it's one of the first questions I ask women who come in when, with their shoulders not moving is, do we know what our metabolism is doing right now? Do we know if they're, if they're diagnosed as diabetes, what your A1C is either, or there's a measure, A1C measures three months into the history. There's a measure that measures the last three weeks. You know, your A1C might be fine, but you might've had this terrible carb load, sugar load in the last three weeks. So does that make sense? Is that what you were looking for? Yeah, it does. It does make sense. And it what is the specifically because I'm curious what the prognosis or the treatment for frozen shoulder, because when you look online, it looks like sometimes it's like, oh, well, there's not much you can do. And it just resolves itself. And it's a long period of time. But that seems I don't know. I have a hard time accepting that as an answer, maybe because I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first thing you can do is not and not ignore shoulder pain to the extent that you stop using your shoulder because your shoulder hurts. Uh, the last thing to do is stop moving it. 
we should still try to use it because that's what we do. We hold it against our body because in a week you can develop a frozen shoulder. So that's number one. Don't stop using your shoulder. Number two is it is the truth. A truly socked in frozen shoulder that's been ignored can take two years to quote defrost. So when people come in with a new frozen shoulder to me, uh, the first thing I do is send them to therapy. I employ all the oral and topical anti-inflammatories. I warn them that sounds terrible, but you got to let somebody hurt you. You've got to let the therapist move your arm to break up some of that scar tissue. And if you can't tolerate it, which is understandable, it is one of the few times that I inject steroids, lidocaine and marcaine into a joint because that makes it tolerable so that you can actually do the work. With, with PT plus or minus injection, we can usually make some good headway in a month or six weeks, but you gotta really let somebody move your arm. It's hard, it's hard to do yourself. So if somebody says, now nah, I'm gonna do it myself, I say, you probably won't, right? And that's normal. And then if we get somebody that it goes on and on and six months later and there's, I put a scope in, I put a nanoscope in, which is a tech, which is arthroscopic technology that uh, we've developed using needle sized apertures instead of incisions. Then we just clean it out, clean out the scar tissue, like the 10 X, get it all moving again. And then we anti-inflammatory, we PT and we get our use back. Excellent. 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 So is there anything, I think this has been incredibly informative and I really appreciate you taking your time because I know you're super busy. Is there anything that you thought about any of this, um, these topics that we have not talked about that the audience would benefit from hearing? I just want people to not be intimidated to ask the hard questions of whoever's offering you anything, whether it's a, a board certified orthopedic surgeon, fellowship trained sports surgeon, whether it's your naturopath, if that's what you choose to use, or your nurse, or some guy that has a shingle hanging, offering you a hope and a prayer, be empowered to ask the questions. What are these? Where do they come from? How many of them do I need? After I pay you the big check, you know, don't just, don't accept a treatment without asking the questions. And like I said on my last podcast with you, or I would be surprised if I didn't, if you are being taken care of by someone who will not answer your questions, then let us help you find somebody who will, because you deserve uh, uh, to be talked to. You deserve to have your questions answered. And I just wanted to empower your listeners again, because I hear a lot of women in our age demographic who, who get ignored. I, and I'm sorry to say it, it happens. And I just don't want you to ever feel that way, right? I want you to get the answers you need. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you for that, Vonda. And I, I, I haven't, I used to work for um, an orthopedic residency magazine. And then I worked for orthopedics today, like way back in my other life. And it was a tremendously male dominant. It was the most male dominant paternal uh, medical. Like I worked for all, I worked for all the resident publications. So I interacted with all of them, like every medical specialty I had like a lot. And I, it was it was so it was the most paternal of all of them and so male dominated it was unbelievable i think maybe that's changing but like but you i could totally see how um you wouldn't be heard in that uh in some of those situations 
Yeah, you know what? I don't want to throw 94% of my colleagues under the bus because I've had some really great men colleagues, but I'm going to tell you that my experiences, or I wouldn't have said it out loud, that women in our age de demographic do get ignored. And, and, and part of that is whatever it is, part of it is that 94% of my colleagues have never experienced menopause, perimenopause, postmenopause, so they can't possibly understand uh, all these minute things that we deal with that are huge things in our lives. So anyway, it's not that I hate them. I love them. It's totally just, get it. And I'm not trying to either, but yeah. No, no, no. I just wanted to, I always feel like I need to justify me saying nobody's going to listen to you, but a female doctor. Oh, well, I'm sometimes that's true. Sometimes it's not guys. Don't get upset at me. But <laughs> <laughs> We like our, we like our experts feisty. So I appreciate you. And um, I will put a link to a, your a lot of what we talked about in the show notes so people can go and investigate that themselves and can um, have those resources. So they, they do know the questions to ask when, when they're faced with these situations, because you know, nobody likes to hurt. No one's likes to be injured. It takes you out of the things you love and anything that we can do to minimize that, prevent that, treat that. We're all about it. Yeah. I'm with you there. Well, that's our show. Join me next week for a fun and inspiring conversation with Terry Smith and Dana Katz of Women Who FKT, which stands for Fastest Known Time. Terry and Dana are doing some amazing work getting women outside and exploring in the outdoors. Terry talks very openly about her own struggles with her menopausal journey and how doing an FKT was transformational for her. And I just think you'll really love this one. So come on back for that. And until then, as always, stay feisty. You've been listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I'm your host, Celine Yeager. The show is edited and produced by the strong, talented, and amazing women at Live Feisty Media. Follow us on social media at Feisty Menopause. And please help us spread the word. Screenshot and share this episode on your social media channels with the tag at Feisty Menopause. Share the show with your friends. And please subscribe, like, review, and rate this show wherever you get your podcasts. Word of mouth and good reviews make it easier for other listeners to find. Thanks for listening. And as always, stay feisty. As a lifelong runner and cyclist, I am stoked to announce that Tifosi Optics has come on as a podcast sponsor. The beauty of Tifosi sports glasses is that they hit all the marks. They are shatterproof polycarbonate, so the lenses not only reduce glare, but also offer scratch resistance and complete eye protection. They stay put. They have little hydrophilic rubber nose pads that actually get more grippy the more you sweat, so they stay secure and don't slide down your face even when you're running in sauna-like conditions. No matter what sport you do, they have a shade for your activity, including tennis, fishing, pickleball, running, cycling, and just hanging out at the beach. And they are super reasonably well-priced, which is very hard to find in a sea of overpriced eyewear. And they just look freaking rad. So head on over to tifosioptics.com and use the code FM, capital F, 
and capital M, like Feisty Menopause, number 20, FM20, to get 20% off your order today. I'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap.